Retro Pulse, Episode 2, Super Mario Brothers 3. This podcast has been brought to you all of our awesome patron supporters over at patreon.com slash res TV. Check it out. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support shows such as this one. everybody and welcome to episode two of the retro pulse podcast uh we're going to be talking about super mario brothers 3 and uh this show is made possible by all of our awesome patrons this is one of the patreon supported shows so this show will have a one week exclusivity to all of our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash res tv thank you all for making this show a reality um want to say a huge thank you to our executive producer kyle bird thanks kyle for your support and uh thanks to uh, oc remix for all the music we're going to be using in this episode uh this track is called uh battle rocks by am i evil and this is like the most jazzy uh mario song i've ever heard uh as always i'm one of your hosts here lloyd hannison and joining me as always steven munn steven how the heck are you i'm doing okay how about you I'm doing, doing really good, really good. I, I just, I want to. I have to turn on music. I don't want to though. I like, uh, I like brass band in my music. Not all the time. It's, it's good. It's a good song. <laughs> it is. It's, they did a really good job. Um, it was funny listening to uh, OC Remix. Usually is a safe thing. Um, so I was listening to a bunch of the music today, and my kids were there, and I played this one song, and it had a whole bunch of samples from, um, we'll say, adult videos. And my kids were like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, no, turn, turn it off. No, 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 no. So I had to pause it. So uh, OC Remix maybe isn't always a family friendly place to look for music. Yikes. Yikes. That's yikes. Funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you guys want to. Wrong one. If you guys want to let us know uh, what you think of the show, you can email us at feedback at res.tv or you can call our voicemail line, which is area code 505. 8476322 as always uh, like I said up front this show is a one week exclusive to our Patreon supporters so if you sign up to our Patreon you can get uh, audio and video versions of these um, shortly after recording otherwise this is going to be on our feed um, coming on Thursday or Friday of next week so um, depending on on what day makes more sense Um, so if you guys are listening to this uh, you would have had it a week earlier uh, over on our Patreon but uh, we don't want to keep this content from anybody so we're gonna be putting it up uh quick 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 for the rest of all of our awesome listeners and again this uh show is going to be on our um nintendo pulse feed 
Um, we're going to have our own separate retro pulse feed for people that just want that. Um, but we just figured that this makes more sense to come in our Nintendo feed since the bulk of the show shows will cover Nintendo games. We're going to maybe stray a little bit, maybe get into some Genesis and stuff like that. Um, but that still has, um, some makes sense for it to be in our Nintendo feed. It does. Definitely. We've got a lot of, uh, <laughs> Nintendo does, uh, does, does bargain and they trade in nostalgia. So they do that's, that's where we go they do they do they do all right cool well let's uh let's jump into this so this game or this episode is going to fi- uh, focus on the game super mario brothers 3 this was voted by uh all of our awesome patrons and people that aren't our patrons but signed up for patreon just so they could vote since that's how we're locking up our votes so it doesn't get uh, skewed by um just random people on the internet um mm-hmm. so it's gonna be coming mario 3 you can see i have the cartridge right here and the box right here uh, <laughs> they're in my i'm yeah this is weird and i've got mine right here mirrors are hard man the whole yeah thing although i know video where it is reversal. behind me looking at the, the video makes me uh makes me screw up um so yeah we're gonna talk all about um, mario 3 we're gonna go over the game where you can get it uh who made it uh all that fun stuff and then we're gonna get into kind of what our experiences are and then maybe even throw in some trivia here and there how does that sound steven that sounds like a, a like a good plan that's what we do on these retro pulses and i'm looking forward to covering this one a bit perfect well uh let's let's do just that but before we do um just overall what were your thoughts on getting back in and playing super mario 3 it's interesting because uh, i've gone back and played through the original super mario brothers so many times and (laughs) i feel like it's very timeless yeah and i had um some amount of fun playing super mario brothers 3 but most of that fun was isolated to when i was playing it on a regular nes plugged (laughs) into an old crt television which is 13 inches and Sure. Part of that is because of just the raw nostalgia of that format right? and the, the way that feels and looks. And part of it is because I had some trouble with the uh, with the latency on one of my TV sets. It wasn't nearly as bad on the other one and it was definitely playable. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting how maybe because I kept playing Mario one over the years as the formats gradually changed like bigger. SD televisions, mm-hmm. <laughs> smaller HD TVs, and then bigger HD TVs. I was playing Super Mario Brothers on every one of these platforms and handhelds and things like that. Right. But uh, Mario 3, I never really went back to very much, and uh, mm. I had some trouble with it. And I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, uh, overall, yeah, I mean, still just <laughs> a, a great game with a lot of really good memories and some really fun music. Yeah, that's that's the music is definitely standout in this game. Um, this is one of the games that was released later in the NES's lifespan. So you get bigger sprites, you get better animation, and you have um, just amazing music. Instead of having to pick one of them um, as a developer developing an NES game, it's like okay, we want really awesome music. That means our game is going to suck, or our graphics are going to be low res. Um, there was just only so much memory for for a lot of this stuff. Um, for me, um, I just like you, I've replayed Mario one um world one one probably a million times and a lot of the other worlds as well um it's a game that i go back to um pretty much every time like when i first got my retron 5 first game i popped in was mario one played through that um mario 3 is something that i've played um frequently but mainly like parts part of like uh, super mario all-stars uh or something so not the original graphics just the redone graphics that were done for some of the re-releases um so getting back in and and playing and and 
noticing like the flickering tile in the bottom left and the blue bar that appears and all of the stuff that you, you didn't even notice um, back in the day because this was the best looking video game that you've ever played when it first came out. It was kind of interesting getting back into that and sort of um, kind of exploring um, the, the history of this game uh, through its graphics and through its gameplay and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely it was. I had a lot of that too. Definitely. Um, I played this one on cartridge. Um, so right there. Boop. Uh, but I played it on my Retron 5. And I didn't run into any issues with any latency. I know you had some major issues. I think um, my TV has a really good uh, game modes where there's like very, 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 very slight latency. Um, like to the point where I could play uh, Parappa the Rappa um, on my PS3 on a seer, on the LCD where that's really hard to do for a lot of people just because of the delay. Um, I have zero problems with that on my TV. So I think that's probably why I had zero issue. Um, I, played, cool. I played this game a lot through like emulators and stuff like that um, on my PC and, and things and obviously never had any issues there, but uh, didn't really run into much. Um, this, uh, along with um, the, the last game that we covered, um, basically played a lot of this with um, with my wife. Uh, we were basically live streaming it. We were playing it together. Um, which basically turns into a beat up on Lloyd uh, stream where people are making fun of me uh, incessantly, which very entertaining, which sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm actually not. I love every minute of it. So um, playing through this with uh, with Kara was was absolutely amazing. Um, she's never beaten this game. Um, I have beaten this game multiple, multiple times. Although I have not beaten this game in like the last 30 years. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a very long time. I beat this game uh, back in my like in my friend's house going playing Saturdays um, on the sitting on the floor playing on uh, on uh, his his little like 14 inch CRT. And we beat this game like um, every every month, I guess this would be a game that we come back to. Um it really shows how terrible I've gotten at platformers. Um, I am really not good anymore. Like all these games that I used to beat, like Metroid, when we did last episode, I'm dying in areas where I would never have died before. And it's just, it's amazing how modern games have kind of um, sheltered and coddled us back in the day. Games were um, crazy hard, but you played them because that's what you had. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have access to millions of free games on your phone. You had the game that you got for your birthday or for Christmas, or you saved up your lawn mowing money for and you played it and played it and played it and played it and uh yeah it's uh (laughs) it's kind of kind of amazing how difficult this game was coming back to it yeah i totally agree with that super challenging yeah exactly so uh yeah i guess that's it for a preamble let's get into some of the history we'll get into some more stuff and then we'll uh, maybe talk a little bit more about our, our experiences so uh this game was released in 1990 in north america um one i guess our first piece of trivia uh this game was supposed to come out um near the end of 1988 um, but that was around the time that nintendo was having a chip shortage so a lot of games just um that were planned to come out didn't come out or didn't come out then um they had to basically um release this game in in japan uh, because that's where it was being sold the most um and then when they finally got through that chip shortage it was released here in north america so um yeah, this was one of one of the bigger games that was delayed, which was which was interesting. You think that Super Mario Three would be the game that they'd want to push out, um, especially when I was reading kind of Console Wars and uh, the Super Mario book. Like this was this is a game that that Nintendo was banking on like crazy. Yeah, it was. It had to have been huge for them, and they made a whole movie about it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, like that's, I'll talk about that in a minute. That's the interesting thing because this game came out in um, in 1990, uh, or sorry, this movie came out in 1990 uh, in in Australia, but it I believe it was out in uh, 1989 in North America. Um, so the the 1990 release date when the game came out wasn't even in North America so it's like okay you you brought this movie out I guess it came out in December so maybe that's not such a big deal um and it's almost impossible to find game release dates for old games because they didn't have a release date they were shipped uh across the ocean in in container trucks uh they would land they'd be put on um they put on semi trucks and they'd be delivered to all the different um, distributors. So this game came out in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Depending on which part of the world you, uh, or North America you live in, the game had different release dates. So um, I guess the movie came out in just enough time to kind of hype uh, the game's release. Yeah, it, and you know, at, at least based on the sales of this game, it looks like that succeeded for them. Big time. Uh, when you look at the the list of the best selling NES games, Super Mario Brothers three is number one. When you don't count Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, which were packed in with most of the NESs that were sold. So, um, if you look at just plain game sales, um, this one sold seventeen point three million copies, which is absolutely ridiculous for a game that wasn't packed in um, with yeah. a console. Um, it's uh, it's insane. I guess Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers 3 technically was packed in um, with some of the later releases of the console, but it wasn't packed in with like every NES that shipped for the first like three years, um, like Super Mario Brothers was. Um, so that's uh, that is that is a lot of 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 games being sold. Um, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous uh, to be. Honest. And we mentioned the movie, but we never we never specified what movie we're talking about. That's The Wizard, which was a movie with Fred Savage. Yes. Um, I remember watching The Wizard being so hyped for it. I went to the theater and mm-hmm. seeing seeing them play with like the uh, power glove. I oh, wanted, it's so bad. I wanted a, it, it is so bad. Uh, I wanted a power glove. I wanted like douchebag glasses that they were wearing and and jean jackets with the collars popped. I wanted to be the guy with the I can't remember his name uh, with the power glove because I was like, that is the ultimate that you're going to be the best gamer ever if you have all this stuff. Um, right. I since got a power glove. It was terrible. Um, I, <laughs> it I've was owned worse mul- than bad. <laughs> I've, it was worse than bad. I've I've owned multiple jean jackets in my life, and none of them made me cool. So, um, yeah, maybe the movie lied to me, Stephen. Like, say it ain't so, but the movie lied. Yeah, oh, I thought movies were real. <laughs> uh, f- I I tried to find the wizard because I wanted to rewatch that and um and and watch it. I don't own it. I thought I owned it on VHS. I don't. Um, I don't have it on DVD. And I looked on every single streaming service and I was not able to find it. I was able to find a copy for sale um, close to me, uh, but it was like $30 or something. And I'm like, I don't really want to watch this movie $30 much. So I uh, did not pick it up, but uh, I'm still going to be tracking down a copy of The Wizard because I do want to watch that. I want to show it to my kids and just uh, see how stupid they think it is because <laughs> that movie is not not good um, but it is good at the time it was like one of the best movies ever made for me because uh, it spoke to me directly yeah it was rain man for kids it yeah totally and rain man is a kind of a kid's movie um maybe not, <laughs> not <laughs> but this really <laughs> but this uh this this definitely was a kid's movie so it's great yeah 
it's just that I did wanted to make sure people didn't think we were talking about Super Mario Brothers the movie, which was an entirely different mm, yeah. experience. Let's, let's not talk about that ever. That was mm. a terrible, terrible movie. All right. Well, this uh, this game was released on multiple platforms. Of course, the NES and Super Famicom. It was um, also sold as part of the Super Mario All Stars remake on Super Nintendo. Um, it's on the Game Boy Advance as Super Mario World Four. Super um, Mario Advance Four. Super, sorry, Super Mario Advance Four. Mm-hmm. So that is available there it's available across um, all the virtual consoles so if you want to buy it on your wii your wii u or your 3ds you can do that Uh, and it's also part of the super mario all-stars mario 25th anniversary or whatever 20th anniversary re-release on the wii oh no it's 25th and that's this one right here and there you got that that's uh one thing that i've always wanted i never i never found a copy here so i i had to live without that one but uh i probably wouldn't have played it i would have just had it to put on a shelf somewhere so it wasn't uh wasn't so sad Um, that's pretty much what i've done with this one yeah yeah. (laughs) so it is available on all sorts of things um it's also available as part this was on the uh nes classic as well correct yes mario 3 is also on the nes classic Um, not that i would know but so the seven people of you out there that own one uh you can play this game there and it's been it's been on um pretty much every website that had like flash NES games. Uh, this is one of the games that they always had. Um, so it's, it's available for play illegally in all sorts of, um, wonderful places. Um, this is definitely one of the best NES games, um, rated and just from gameplay standpoint. Um, so it is out there to find and play. Um, but, uh, it's always good to go and pick it up like that and like that. I'm getting better at pointing. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Um, this game was uh, developed by uh, R&D4, um, which is interesting. Uh, it's not the same R&D that uh, made um, the first Mario game. Right. I mean, there's uh, overlap in members of those teams, That's but right. uh, I think that the, the, the names and the staff of the teams changed over yeah. the years now they don't have their r&d teams anymore no. at all i think they've changed them into different like more elaborate names than just r&d4 yeah well uh, this game was developed by just 10 people um the shigeru miyamoto was the lead designer and i guess there was nine programmers um uh you had uh, takashi tezuka uh and then koji kondo was the music composer for the game um which is funny. Um, I, I remember reading a story, but I, I couldn't find it before the show that a lot of the music was basically completed in, in a day because there was some, some issues with um, movie or uh, sorry, music rights. So there were some songs that they used that they thought were public domain and they weren't. <laughs> and then they had to like kind of last minute change it. Uh, and it doesn't show badly. The, the music is fan damn in this game. Oh, yeah. It's just like so much of the music that I think of as iconic Mario music mm-hmm. was in this game first. And then, you know, you go and you play um, uh, a lot of the later games and they'll have like special stages where they'll have like variations of that music. And you're like, oh, my God, I love that song. That's from <laughs> one other Mario game. And I don't remember what it was. And it's always Mario 3. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, this was a this was a huge change to kind of the world of video games, especially for platformers, because this was the first Mario game that featured a map screen. So you could kind of choose your levels. You could kind of take it on the way you wanted. And there wasn't very many games that did that. Um, 
like this. There was like maybe Bionic Commando and and some other games which had kind of a rudimentary map screen. Um, But this one kind of changed it. Um, Outside of, say, an RPG, um, not many games had this kind of freedom for the players. So as a player, you could say, well, I've died five times on this level. I only have three lives left. Uh, I'm going to go and do something else and maybe kind of skirt around. Um, There was also items that allowed you to pass levels. So if you couldn't beat a level, you could jump in the cloud um, and, and pass it. Or you could play the music box and get past kind of like the Hammer Brother um, little mini battle levels that were uh, that were in the game. So um, very different from most games. And it's kind of second nature now. Um, everybody's kind of adopted that kind of mode for a lot of their video games. Like you had Shovel Knight, um, which directly referenced Super Mario Brothers 3 in a lot of its design decisions. Um, like this, this game broke so much ground and was kind of an amazing uh, feat uh, back in the day on, on just a little system called the NES. And when I was watching you stream Mario 3, I noticed that the map screen presented a problem for both of us on multiple occasions. And that was that when you when you fail at a stage, when you die, it pushes you back to the last one, the last space on the map that you were on before that happened, before you entered that stage. Right. So kind of like almost like kicking you back to your last checkpoint in a way. <laughs> Yeah. When you have those Hammer Brothers and things walking around on the map, there's a possibility that you will start your turn <laughs> and it will move that Hammer Brother onto the space you're on so you'll have an encounter. If that Hammer Brother kills you <laughs> yeah. and you go back to the map screen, they don't move again. <laughs> yeah, so we, you're in that same space again and you're locked in that encounter over and over and over again without the ability yeah. to pick a power up without the ability to choose another path, without the ability to like, you know, anything. You can't use that music box or cloud or anything. Mm -hmm. And I watched you get stuck in those loops a few times, and I got stuck in them a few times too. I didn't remember that issue. No. No, I being a kid. I didn't I didn't I don't remember that at all. Um very very much kind of a groundhog day sort of thing where you're you're kind of you're stuck in a loop and you couldn't get out of it. I remember I think it was the last day that we streamed. I think Karen and I had to fight this level five times. And w- this was when we were in later levels too, so we didn't have a lot of extra men. Um and it's like, okay, we're we're wasting every single life that we have. This is ridiculous. And bitching and moaning and, and people are laughing at uh, at the experience and stuff like that but yeah there's uh, there's definitely some some issues that that came along with that uh, ability to kind of choose your own adventure as you go through this game yeah it's super alarming when it happens too because you're like oh no i'm trying why is it it's still it's making me do this over and over again and you get more and more tense which makes you perform worse of course yeah it's just man that was like that was one of those experiences in this game that I kept running into, but I was like, no, I, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that again. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. Um, speaking of the map, um, this game um, was separated into different worlds. So each world had a theme. Um, so you had world one was grassland, um, which is kind of the basic, basic worlds. Um, this also had like sloped areas that you could slide down, uh, which was kind of a mind blowing thing. Um, when I first encountered it as a kid, I'm just like, what the heck? You're, you can slide down a hill and you can kill enemies. This is amazing, um, yep. which was pretty awesome. Uh, world two was a desert land, not to be confused with or de- desert hill. 
or Desert Hill, uh, not to be confused with uh, Desert Land, which would be much more fun to play. Um, oh, tasty. Desert had Quicksand, uh, had um, the uh, Evil Sun uh, that would try to kill you. Uh, a lot of um, interesting things were added uh, in that. Uh, we yes. had a World 3, which is Waterland. Or what was a water... They had they had different. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, and I don't have it. Was handy. it the island one or the no? The island one was Giant Land. That's right. right? That's right. Um, they had different names. There are different versions of this. <laughs> what we're talking about on the on the NES, there were at least two different versions of Super Mario Brothers three that came out in North America, yep. and one of them changed the names of all the worlds. The later one, everything ended in land, mm-hmm. um, and, and the only stage that had the only world that had the same name was the first one, which is Grassland. The rest of them were like in, like the sky. The sky became Skyland, you know. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about is how like most of the most of the worlds in the game. I think I guess that's two through eight had different names in those different versions. Totally. Captain Logan in the chat room says, I think this game is the first to introduce this for future games. And yeah, like definitely um, other than playing Super Mario Land on the, the Game Boy, um, this kind of set that going forward. So everything is a land now when when you're playing Mario games it's like more recent, even the 3D Mario uh, games they're all um, set place in land or takes mm. place in in land uh, type um, theme stages so uh, waterland um, usually isn't underwater there's only a couple underwater levels but there's a lot of levels with like rising and falling tides and stupid stupid big mouth cheap cheeps uh, oh my god to, i hate them trying to gobble <laughs> you up and stuff like that um, this also introduced the um, the squids uh, with little babies that they would uh, send out um, to kill you Oh yeah, sacrificing their young. Um, some some really dark themes in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna see if they uh, if those are in the manual here at all. Cool. Um, the bloopers with the little baby bloopers. Yeah, they uh, they had the goombas in this one with the baby goombas That's too. Right. That's right. And you had the little uh, jumping blocks that had a little baby goomba in it that you could uh, destroy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are fun. But the but the baby goombas that uh, you, you'd have like the goomba with the wings as flying back and forth, and it drops the little baby goombas on you, and they stick to you. And yeah. uh, is there any way to get them off you? Jumping repeatedly uh, will get them off you. Oh, okay, because yeah. I, I jumped a few times and they didn't come off, so I thought maybe it wasn't working. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I don't see anything. Oh, wait, this is it. Oh yeah, no, this Paragoomba is the flying one, and the little ones are called Micro Goombas. Micro Goombas. Well, there you go. Maybe they're not babies. That's how Nintendo gets around the uh, the dark, sacrificing your young theme by calling them Micro Goombas. They're probably you called- think that, but Bloober with kids. Blooper with kids. Oh, geez. All what right. Is with a B. Blue Bloober Blue with kids Blooper. for some reason. Wow, weird. I guess Bloober swims underwater with its children. It has a relative, the scattering Bloober, whose children scatter in all directions weird 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 yeah. weird uh so that that's waterland um very uh very scary and and dark uh world four um i can remember world four blowing my mind when i first got to it uh it's called giant land um and it is basically like grassland except everything is big so mm-hmm. a block that you would punch is now like four blocks um and it's bigger and mario is smaller um it, so, yeah, I remember getting to this and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Seeing a uh, like a, a Koopa uh, where its head is over top of your head as it's walking by and stuff like that. Um, this was uh, this was kind of amazing. And they've reused this this kind of setting in, in future Mario games. But I can remember just being blown away when I first saw this. Yeah. And they try and keep the mystery in the manual, too. If you see. Can you see that? 
Yeah, look at that. They're they shade all... the screenshots out, put question marks on them. Sneaky, sneaky. That's so they cool. do that with Giant Land and Skyland, and <laughs> and you get to when you get to World Eight, it's all like just blacked out. Nothing. You're supposed to take, <laughs> your, own, you you're supposed to take your own Polaroids and and glue them inside the manual. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sticker screenshots. World 4, uh, as I said, Giant Land. World 5 is Skyland. Um, so it's pretty much like Grassland in a lot of the, the levels. But uh, then there's some levels that are up in the sky. Um, so a lot of air stages and stuff like that. World 6 is Iceland. Um, I'm Icelandic, but it's a different Iceland. Uh, there's no Reykjavik uh, in, in this world. Um, these are all um, ice-covered levels. Um, so Mario slips and slides. Um, I found this world really annoying uh, because even just like two pixels of movement has like full speed and full stop. So I'd be on a platform trying to move forward just a couple pixels and I end up running off the platform repeatedly. So their their physics system was definitely uh, it, it needed some work, we'll say. <laughs> yeah ice worlds are the worst <laughs> they are they are uh world seven is pipe land um so it's abundance of pipes um pipe pipe pipes everywhere a lot of them have the piranha plants and stuff like that in it uh, i think they just ran out of ideas and they're just like mario's a plumber let's make a world of all pipes because that would be his his dream or nightmare depending on uh on on what day it is um, how he feels about his day job exactly so pipeline and then world eight uh which i i used to call like the volcano island or something because it was always dark and fiery um but it's officially called Darkland in the later revision um it is basically all airships and um it, it does have a tanks few and things tanks and airships um it, there are a couple normal levels um but it's mostly all just the auto scrolling tank and 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 uh airship levels um i can remember world eight just taking forever and ever and ever to get through because you'd lose your lives and then you'd start back at the first level and you'd have to make it past so i've played like the first three worlds probably a million times because of dying mm-hmm. later on um basically uh, world eight is the most punishing of all worlds uh it took me forever to beat it um to to beat it before the show and uh it it's it's not fun not fun at all Right. Uh, that's the part of the game that I know best, I think, <laughs> because uh, spending so much time in there, because usually my my path through Mario three was to use the whistles. Yep. Uh, so I would like, you know, I'd use the first whistle, then use another one to get to the to world eight, go to world eight. And then from there, um, just try and power my way through world eight, because yeah. I, I do remember beating Mario three as a kid. Um, and I think that was how I did it. I don't know that I ever went through the entire game. Yeah. Uh, most, but. most of the times it was like that for us where we beat it with the whistles, but we, we did a couple like marathon Saturday sessions where we beat the whole game, um, and, and played it that way. So, um, I've played it both ways, but we tried to do that here, Karen and I, and she wanted to beat every single level. And I'm like, no, if we can skip a level, <laughs> let's skip a level. Cause we're wasting lives here. And she's like, Nope, got to go beat it. So I would go on and try to finish the level myself. And she would play all the other levels that I skipped. Um, it, also turns out that I really suck at like castles and things. So I would die multiple <laughs> times and then she'd come and beat on her first try, um, which is weird because I'm better at every single video game except obviously Mario uh, for some reason. I don't know what it is. 
you could be like, I, I, I loosened that one for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it's like a jar of pickles. I loosened it, yes. loosened it for her. Awesome. Uh, I guess we'll talk about some of the power ups. So, um, the first one being, as you referenced the warp whistles, uh, I remember that being just so mind blowing that there's warp whistles in this game. And then I was like, wait a second, we had warp zones in super Mario one. So this isn't that new. Um, but it was kind of cool. They unveiled, uh, where the warp whistles are in the wizard movie. So I remember watching that and it's like, Oh, that's where you get it. And, um, and yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that was amazing. Um, yeah. th- this is a game that that took place back in the day before the Internet. Um, so you either had to buy Nintendo Power um, and I had I had all of the first um, first run. Essentially, I think I was missing like the first three episodes, three issues. I started at like four or five. Um, so I had Super Mario Bros. three issue, which I think was issue 12. Um, I since got rid of all of mine, like one move. I basically got rid of all my early collection of Nintendo Power from like number five to like number 100 and i kick myself i'm still kicking myself every time i look at my collection now which is super small um so i can't show it off here Uh, but i remember looking at all the levels and going through them in nintendo power it was amazing um but if you didn't have that you were basically this was a game that you're trading secrets um on the on the playground with your friends so you would basically chat um and say oh did you know there's a warp whistle on on in world five um world seven and you're like really i don't remember that and you try to get at it and you couldn't find it and then you talk to them the next like over past the weekend they're like oh no i was just lying there's no warp whistle there and it's like you son of a gun um Mm -hmm. there was so many things like that where people were saying did you know if you held a turtle shell right to the end and then um and then shot it backwards you'd get 100 extra men and just all these like total fake things um so we have fake news now in in the world a term that i just detest um but i think um trading game stories on the playground was the first uh, version of fake news yeah that's uh (laughs) such a such a such a common common experience with these games is just like you know people making stuff up and telling you or you know learning those things and that's been part of my part of my um (laughs) strategy with um breath of the wild actually is Mm -hmm. trying to get information out of the game about the game how to get past parts of the game or where things are in the game through word of mouth rather than searching online right excuse me or looking in the in the guide so that's good that's a good way to go um i i i'm easy easy uh the easy run to the guides kind of guy where if i get stuck for more than a couple minutes like okay how do i get past this all right there we go um but uh yeah back in the day there really was no option um to uh to do that it's uh yeah it was just talk to your friends or buy nintendo power was kind of the only options or call the game line um which uh for for three ninety nine a minute or whatever it was you could talk to a game counselor and they could tell you how to get uh, all the warp whistles and stuff like that all right. All right. So other power ups in this game, we obviously have Super Mushroom Fire Flower. Um, this game introduced the raccoon suit. Um, so you get a you get a leaf and you turn into a raccoon, um, which basically allows you to fly and also allows you to use the tail as an attack, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, there was another version of the, the raccoon suit called the Tanuki suit, um, which is interesting because the rac- the raccoon suit, you get a leaf. And in in Japanese mythology, there was a mythical um, raccoon dog where it would grab a leaf and it could shapeshift into a bunch of different things. Um, So the Tanuki suit has part of that mythology in it where uh, you can turn into a statue and you basically become invulnerable. So there's only a couple options or a couple 
times you can get the tanuki suit in the game but it is um pretty a pretty cool um power up um but yeah the rec- the raccoon suit uh, when you run you fill your p meter and then when it when it gets to the top you can basically jump and then fly um for a few seconds yeah, that's the, all the different flight <laughs> mechanics were really what blew me away while playing this game back as a kid. Yeah, um, you know, being able to run and flap and the the, the elusive P wing that I almost never saw. Yeah, exactly. Um, this also had a frog suit, which basically allows you to swim in water super fast, which was great. Um, a Hammer Brothers suit, uh, which I think you can only get in one area, I believe, um, but you can basically um, duck and then you go into a shell, uh, and then you can throw uh, hammers to defeat the enemies, which is great. And then there was also the uh, Kuribo shoe, um, which is interesting why it's called that. Uh, you, you looked up the, the trivia as to why that uh, is, is called that. Yeah, um, it, this was from a YouTube video, the Did You Know Gaming series. They were talking about um, the, the, they had a whole bunch of videos that were just general Mario ones where they skipped around between different games and had little trivia in there. I guess when they were designing the original uh, Super Mario Brothers they uh, they designed the the Goomba character um, as a mushroom. It was designed to look like a shiitake mushroom, which is kind of what it looks like. It looks like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't they hadn't given it a name yet. And then when one of the other designers on the game looked at, it, at the graphic and decided to give it a name, they decided that it looked like a chestnut instead of a mushroom. So they called it Kuribo, which is Japanese for chestnut. Um, the name stuck. When it was brought over to the U.S., they changed their name to Little Goomba. Mm-hmm. Um, but when in in Japan, they kept the name Kuribo. And then when they got to Super Mario, uh, Super Mario World, they the since the name was Kuribo, they changed the Goombas to look like chestnuts, which is why they're round in that game. Right. But they changed the name to Kuriban, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know why they did that, but they, I guess because they looked different enough from the, the way they did before, so they changed the name. <laughs> so now they have gone forward as mushrooms named chestnut. And it, it just like it's it's so confusing. And this was I expressed some frustration about this on, on Twitter not long ago when um, someone in one of these videos was referring to them as mushrooms. And I'm like, okay, well, I thought they were chestnuts because they're called Kuribo. Mm. So that is the apparently – that is the final answer to it. They are mushrooms named chestnut, <laughs> which is which is crazy. Um, yes, and the ones in Mario World are actually chestnuts. It's but they're also goombas. It's interesting how um, there were so many um, game story um, made, uh, so different different parts parts of the story, not the whole story, but but different aspects um, were made because of translation errors, which then they just went with. It's like okay, that's that's what it is. We're going to go with that. Um, and yep. there's a bunch of that in in old games where uh, translation issues, bringing it from Japan to to North America, kind of mm-hmm. develop some of the the IP and some of the lore, um, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, we talked about the Koopa Kids a little bit before the show, too. Yeah, uh, apparently, was... the Koopa Kids did not have names in the Japanese version of Super Mario Brothers 3. They were just the Koopa Kids. Mm-hmm. And then they made the Super Mario Brothers 3 animated show, right. which I think was only for the English-speaking countries. I don't think it was yeah. Japanese before that. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. they decided to give them names in that. 
And then when Mario 3 actually came over and was released here, they gave them names there too, but they were different names. The 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 localizers, I guess, gave them musician names. Yeah. Um, Ludwig, Iggy, yeah. things we'll, like that. We'll, we'll go through that right now. So there's seven Bowser children, the Koopalings. In North America, there's Larry Koopa, Morton Koopa Jr., Wendy O. Koopa, Iggy Koopa, Roy Koopa, Lemmy Koopa, and Ludwig, Ludwig Von Koopa. Um, so in... In the game itself, uh, each of these Koopa kids were designed around um, some of the developers around the game. So there was nine developers plus Miyamoto. So I guess seven developers, um, their traits were made into these characters. And I guess two people just, they they didn't like them, so they, they just ignored them. Um, so there's seven programmers, um, and, and these are based around them. Um, and they're also, they're named after North American um North American artists. So you have Larry Koopa. Uh, no one, no one really knows perfectly what it is. People are say that it's supposed to be Lawrence Welk, um, which is interesting. I've seen some other names thrown out there. Uh, Morton Koopa Jr. is Morton Downey Jr., um, which is interesting. Um, but, mm-hmm. but he looks, <laughs> he looks like Paul Stanley, which is interesting from Kiss. So I don't really know why that is we have wendy o koopa uh is named after wendy o williams from the plasmatics <laughs> it's like okay that's a very obscure name uh we have uh iggy koopa which is named after iggy pop uh, that makes a little more sense roy koopa is made after uh roy orbison um so you can see he has big glasses just like roy although his glasses look a little bit more punk rock um than what roy orbison used to to wear we have lemmy koopa which is made from lemmy of motorhead um which is which is great. I'll get get on board that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, and then Ludwig Ludwig von Koopa obviously is after Ludwig von Beethoven. Um, and I think in the cartoon didn't was wasn't that the same name? Because um, he used to always talk about classical music. I thought in in the cartoon. It's been a while since I thought, I've thought the, the names were all different. They were they went through them in in the video. I'll have to I'll have to watch that. Uh, it's uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty interesting kind of the uh, the IP and, and the design. Like it's not it's not designed that way in Japan. But I guess we had two years of of nothing uh, coming out in uh, in North America because of the chip shortage. So uh, American programmers were able to uh, put put some story into it and, and change some stuff up. Yeah, which was interesting. The, um, the uh, uh, Captain Logan in the chat room is asking, which how did he have? How did he have kids? Um, the official Nintendo canon, according to Miyamoto, is that the Koopa kids are not Bowser's kids. They're just other, you know, other younger of whatever species he is, I guess. Um, yeah. But they're but they're not his kids. And, and Bowser Jr. is the only is the only is that, is that a name? Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr. Yeah. Bowser Jr. is his only actual child. And they have never specified who <laughs> Bowser Jr.'s mother is, although Super Mario Sunshine had bowser jr thinking that peach was his mother for some reason it's so weird not much of a resemblance there yeah again translation errors stuff back and forth um there's there's a whole bunch of weirdness when it comes to stories around games that are this old yeah uh, captain logan um says uh he thinks that ludwig was the same name uh in the cartoon and depending on which cartoon you're talking about i'm talking about the super mario brothers three cartoon yeah there was um there was a bunch of mario cartoons there was the super mario brothers show um 
which was interesting that had a whole bunch of different skits. There was Super Mario World. Um, there was a, there was a bunch of Mario cartoons and each of them only lasted like a season or two. Um, but then they were repackaged. I remember watching uh, shows that would have um, some of the original cartoons, some of the newer cartoons and some interstitial kind of animation stuff. Um, so, yeah, I this this probably could have had like many many seasons but for some reason it just had a had a couple um a couple things here and a couple things there um pretty pretty weird um the way that uh i guess the way that old television cartoons were done uh you would as abc would order um x episodes of x and then they would basically own it and they could replay it whenever they wanted um things are a little bit different these days a little bit more um there's a little bit more order and you don't get you don't get things yes. like some of the old cartoons that had 52 episodes in the first season because there was a cartoon made for every single Saturday in the year, um, which is just ridiculous these days when you have like um, eight, 12 or, or 22 um, episode seasons uh, for most TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. And things are so much more tightly controlled now in terms of brand, like <laughs> anything that yeah. comes out of Nintendo now is is you know mario's design is based on like a mario bible you know design like even you look at uh uh, a great example is the mario rabbits kingdom battle that we recently saw at e3 which looks the graphics in that look really good the characters are all like right on model they're like you know they're perfect mario doesn't look off in that Mm -hmm. and you know that nintendo would never let mario look off in yeah, that definitely um and then you go back and you look at the you know the artwork for super mario brothers one two and three and every one of them has dramatically different artwork they do uh, and style and they look different in the games and everything like that now it's all it's all tightly controlled cool it is definitely um they're, they're i guess when you're back in the day um the video games didn't have the best graphics. So you would design it, you would draw Mario and then you'd design pixel art to make it kind of look like that. And then as the, as development got easier and more powerful because of all the different uh, MMC chips and stuff that were put into the cartridges to give more, more processing power and, and things like that, things got a little bit better, uh, but it's not until kind of like 3d Mario where um, there was a true Mario and that's what every other Mario um, lunchbox um suits uh like t-shirts uh um betting (laughs) like all the things that that have mario's face on it now um they all look pretty much exactly the same because they they do have a true model to go off of yep it's good stuff it's very interesting all right uh do you want any do you have any other experiences that you want to chat about or do you want to get into a little bit more uh, fun trivia and then close this one out let's do more fun trivia all right so uh do you have your box handy I do. So on this is interesting. On the back of the box, um, so this is for the the same box was used for um, the first and second release. Um, so the two two revisions. Um, so there's screenshots on the back of the box that don't appear in the game. So there's that one that Steven is showing right now, which looks like something from World One. But there's like flying fish. There's blocks. There's hills. There's all that stuff. None of that. Th- this this doesn't actually appear in the game at all. So whether it was a beta level, whether it was something that was just designed for developers to have fun with. Um, that's not actually in the game. So for the game to come out and for that to be on it is is kind of um, really kind of weird to me. It is. It's, it's very strange and surprising that they went and did that. 
Um, also in the North American version, um, in the intro screen, when Mario gets hit as Raccoon Mario, he turns into Small Mario, which doesn't actually happen in the game. If you're Raccoon Mario and you get hit, you turn into Super Mario, then you get hit again, then you turn into Small Mario. So um, they they weren't they weren't completely on message with a lot of stuff that was happening uh, in in this game because I mean I guess they have to get the game out and they don't want to make all these changes. Now, that was the way it worked in the Japanese version, though. That's when right. you got hit, when you had the suit, you were turned into small Mario. But they, they made that what I consider an improvement mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah, they converted time. it to English. Yeah, give you ex- some extra hits, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, that one's really interesting. Um, some interesting uh, Miyamoto trivia. So um, there's a lot of these stories. Uh, pretty much every game has something that Miyamoto designed because of X. So in um, Super Mario Brothers 3, the Chain Chomp enemies... Uh, they were based on an experience that Miyamoto had as a kid. Um, he was walking down uh, the street in his village and a dog basically lunged at him and almost bit him, but was basically um, tied up and was held back by the chain that it was on. So he basically put that into the game. So you have chain chomps. Um, or, or, they were originally actually designed for the Legend of Zelda series, um, but that didn't work. So they were put into the Mario games instead. And apparently if the chain chomp tugs on the chain 50 times, it will come loose and chase you. Um, because I guess dogs eventually can uh, can can break free and and eat people in whatever village he grew up in, uh, which is kind of interesting. I didn't know that was possible for them to break free. I know that some of the chain chomps in the game aren't yep. tethered. They have the chain dragging behind them, but yep. they, they're not actually tethered to the stake anymore. Yep. Um, there was a chain chomp in uh, Link's Awakening, though. Yeah, I guess there was. Remember that? Yeah, there was. There was one. That there. was later than this, though, right? It was. It was okay. definitely um, uh, in the North American version and I believe the European version. If you beat the game and uh, you get to the game over screen and you hit start and you get to the the game start screen again. So you can choose one player, two player. If you start a new game, um, you basically start on World 1-1 um, like you should. But you actually have a full inventory of P-Wings, which is kind of a nice um, you beat the game. You went you you, you basically hit your head against the wall repeatedly to do this here have a present make make the rest of the game easier so you can beat it a second time yeah that's kind of neat and uh, the video that we watched uh, together before this uh, uh, claimed that the Japanese version doesn't let you go back to the title screen. That's right. When you beat the game, you have to actually reset it so you don't have that feature in there. So it's another improvement. Very, very. It's a new game plus kind of a thing. Exactly. Very interesting. Um, there's some other interesting uh, firsts in this game. This was the first Mario game to feature the Thwomp and the Boo. Um, so you can thank uh, Mario 3 for some of the, the, the major enemies that Mario is facing in the world um, things like um, um, like the bullet bill uh, were made better in this game but they existed before and um, the uh, buzzy beetle uh, existed before but they were made better and more streamlined here which is what they kind of look like in future uh, versions of Mario but um, the only true firsts are um, the the ones that I said the uh, thwomp and the boo yeah yeah I had actually forgotten that thwomps and boos debuted here i thought they were from super mario world and then when i saw them when i was playing through i was like oh because i had been so surprised when i played super mario maker and those they were available as 8-bit variants of themselves i was like well that's great they they went back and made 8-bit versions of these nope those actually were there they were there just looked pretty different they did that's all definitely um speaking of boo uh 
the boo in this game um, apparently is based on the personality of the wife of uh, Takashi <laughs> Tezuka because she was really, really shy and introverted. Um, but she basically had this explosive temper um, that people in, I guess, Nintendo headquarters know, know of because I guess she would yell at her husband or something um, because he would be there for long hours and she would fly off the handle. Uh, I don't know if that's true or if that's a, a urban myth, but it's I've seen it um, put in multiple websites and multiple books. So I guess maybe it is true. Um, that's kind of funny. So what, what's worse than um, making your wife so mad she yells at you? Um, capture that forever in a game um, so that she can be even more mad at you, I guess, is uh, probably not a, not a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this now, and uh, it, it's, uh, it says, in an interview with Nintendo Power Magazine, Mario franchise creator Shigeru Miyamoto stated that while working on Super Mario Bros. 3, co-designer Takashi Tezuka had the idea of putting his wife in the game. According to Miyamoto, Tezuka's wife is very quiet normally, but one day she exploded, maddened by all the time he spent at work. In the game, there's now a character, now a character who shrinks when Mario looks at it, but when Mario turns away, it will grow large and menacing. Just, yeah, funny. Super, super funny. It uh, is. And I think in the in the Japanese version, I had heard that they actually that their name in the Japanese version is actually her first name. Yeah, I remember that. That was um, I think that was said in the um, Super Mario book that I was reading. Um, yeah. It's like that. That's, There's that's also, not what it says here, though. No. It says in, in Japanese, the name is uh, oh, yeah, Teresa. OK. Uh, but it says that that the Japanese game comes from the verb tereru, which means to be shy. Hmm. So maybe that's uh, play on that. Maybe yeah. Um, in in the game, there is a character called Boo Diddley, uh, which is named after Bo Diddley. So more music um, tie-ins there. Um, before uh, before release, and while it was still in development, um, before the Tanuki suit, um, the power up originally turned you into a centaur. Um, which is really kind of weird. I can't imagine Mario's a centaur, but maybe in Super Mario Odyssey there'll be a centaur that you can throw your Mario hat on, and you'll get a you'll get a mustachioed centaur. I'm I'm hopeful <laughs> that will be, cool. be a thing. Um, just kind of a throwback for that. That is that sounds fun to me. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so what what else? Um, the versus mode in this game is a remake of the multiplayer mode of uh, in the arcade of Mario Brothers, um, which is kind of cool. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to put in. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I lost it. So, um, yeah, so Mario, Mario Bros. 3 was basically designed to ramp up in difficulty from stage one to stage eight. Um, so you can basically see that in the first, uh, first few stages, there's a lot of one ups, there's a lot of coins, there's a lot of fun things to collect, but those kind of dry up near the end. Uh, I think during development, they thought that they wanted to make this game friendly for children and they put a lot of this stuff in because they didn't think that children would have the, 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 I don't know, the want to continue on with the game. Um, so it's kind of interesting how Nintendo's um, designing around the thoughts and wishes of kids um, was basically put into so many early games that uh, that Nintendo was working on. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I guess last but not least, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, uses a special uh, memory management controller, MMC3. Um, so basically, this is a, a chip that has um, extra RAM. It has some processing power. And it allowed for um, animated tiles. It allowed for a section of the screen right at the bottom to be non-scrolling when the rest of the screen was scrolling. Uh, it allowed you to do diagonal um, 
diagonal scrolling and stuff like that. So this is like Nintendo's done this a lot um, in in on the NES, but more so with kind of the um, later consoles like the Super FX chip in um, in the Super Nintendo and stuff like that. Um, but basically, they would design a, a custom piece of silicon that would go in every single cartridge, and it would give them. Um, power that no other developer had, um, which is kind of funny. Uh, you'd think that if you were Konami or um, or one of the big Capcom developers, um, any of the big developers back in the day, that you'd be pissed off when Mar- when Nintendo would release a cartridge like this. And it's like we can't do that. Can we get that chip from you? And it was it was kind of rare uh, a lot of the times for Nintendo to give those chips to other other developers. Yeah. Um, Konami started making their own. They the did VRC chips. They did, um, which is why there's some emulation issues in early emulators um, because they, they didn't know the specifications of a lot of these chips that were in the cartridges. Yeah, they get some great results though. It did. Particularly when you look at like some of the music that they put in some of the uh, Konami games. Exactly. And I guess last but not least, um, Nintendo has said that Mario Brothers 3 um, generated over $500 million in profit um, for the NES version just in the US. Um, wow. So this this game was a, a juggernaut back before Nintendo had many franchises that just printed money. Um, so yeah, Mario, Mario was a big game for Nintendo and it continues to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to say what happens with uh, Mario Odyssey if uh, that game is going to be as beloved as our our uh, fun and friendly um, box um, that Super Mario Bros. 3 um, is. Um, I, I just look at that box and it just it brings me back to my childhood because it seems yep. like every video renting store or rental store had Super Mario Bros. 3 on the shelf and they had multiple copies and you just see Mario's uh, smiling face and raccoon tail wherever you went. Yeah, it's just it was ubiquitous when we were kids. This game was was the real deal. This was I'm trying to think of what would be the closest equivalent nowadays. Um, a game that was that is that big. I, I, everybody was playing. I can't even think of it because there's so many different pl- platforms to play games on now. PC and all the various consoles yeah. that there isn't a game where you can be assured that every single person you talk to that played video games has played. Um, like back in Breath the day, of the Wild's probably getting in that direction. Yeah, but. for Nintendo fans, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I can remember back in the day, like every kid in my in my grade school. Um, pretty much every kid. I can't think of one that, that didn't play video games. And everybody either owned or has played Mario Brothers 3. Like It was something that everybody had, which goes back to the 17 plus million sales that they had. Um, this game this game is, is super common. And it's kind of interesting when you look back at cartridges now um, that are available in stores. Um, super Mario Brothers 3, the boxes are common. The cartridges are common, um, but it is still a game that sells for $30, $40 sometimes because even though it's one of the most common games that exists, um, there's still the demand there. So the whole law of supply and demand uh, is making this game more expensive than it should be. Like this should be, um, for all intents and purposes, a $10 cartridge because there's so many of them. But everybody that that has an NES game collection um, has this game and uh, or wants this game if they don't already have it. Right, right. It's it's funny how that happens. Like, mm-hmm. just that much demand despite the supply. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Uh, anything else to add on Super Mario Brothers Three? We've talked for almost an hour about SMB Three, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which is pretty good, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else. Um, do we want to talk about what uh, retro pickups we got? Yeah, it's it's been a slow month for me. I haven't been buying a lot of retro games um, just because there's been so many new console games that I've been picking up and. 
I, I don't uh, I don't play a lot of retro when there's new console games to play. Um, Breath of the Wild being one of them. I've played uh, well over 100 hours of that. And uh, it's it's crazy awesome. Um, but I did pick up two cartridges. I showed these off on uh, Nintendo Pulse. So they're probably not uh, super new, but I thought I'd show them off anyway. Uh, I picked up Zoop on the Super Nintendo. I thought it was Zool. I wanted Zool. And I got Zoop, which is a terrible puzzle game that I don't even like. Um, so I have that permanently in my collection as why are the two games that are off by only one letter and it, and the, and it starts with Z. Uh, like there's a dozen games across all the Nintendo platforms that start with a Z or Z. And one, two of them on Super Nintendo are one letter apart. And I bought the wrong one. That's amazing. That's just still too funny. And then I bought um, this one. <laughs> first first Samurai the- that I'm covering the uh, the awesome name that is on top of my cartridge. I haven't cleaned it yet. Uh, I should um, because – but I, I, maybe I should keep uh, – I, I don't know. This could be kind of a, just a celebration of Weenus K um, because they put that – wrote that on the cartridge. I just – why um i started playing first samurai and oh my god this game is terrible but it's the best kind of terrible because you you get to an area and something happens you're just like what the hell like what kind of drugs were the development team on when they when they decided that um so yeah i'll probably do a retro stream of this in the coming uh, weeks and months uh because i think this is a game that everybody should see um probably not own um but at least see at the very least, because it can't be unseen. <laughs> it can't be unseen, exactly. How about you? Any uh, any retro games that you picked up over the last month? Well, I don't think Cave Story Plus counts, because no. that the release of that on Switch is actually new. Yep. Um, so instead, I'll just talk about the one that I got, which is this Genesis game, nice. Dynamite Heady, which is a, a treasure-made mm-hmm. uh, action game looks for like the you, Sega Genesis. Looks like you paid fourteen ninety nine for that. I did. Right now I'm uh, just trying to remove the label. I was actually surprised not only that they had it, but that it was as inexpensive as it is. And Cave games are, are cave games are sought after. Everybody loves Cave um, as a developer. I'm surprised that it was only 15 bucks. That's uh, that's a steal because um, it is really uh, are, who makes that treasure treasure. Did I say oh, yeah. you said cave story? I got cave in my brain. Uh, oh, treasure. I'm like, wait, what cave? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Treasure. Uh, all the treasure games are um, are much beloved. Um, they they made some really amazing uh, kind of shooters and other other games uh, across all the different platforms. And uh, I can remember playing that one uh, and I was describing it to you. And then we found out that it was um, it, it was not the game that you thought it was or it was not the game i thought it was mine was like yes. uh, chuck chuck d head or whatever decap attack, uh, decap attack. Chuck D-head. yeah so that was right a game. up there with booger man a pick and flick adventure <laughs> there you go that was the game that i played a lot um i don't know if i've played dynamite heady that often yeah yeah dynamite heady is, is frantic in the way that like uh gunstar heroes is where there's just chaos all over the place except instead of shooting you fling your head mm-hmm. a short distance and it comes back um, and there are different heads in the game that you can use for different, um, you know, for different, uh, different situations, yeah. I guess. So they're, they're kind of like the suits in Mario three, uh, where you get ahead mm-hmm. and you do different things with it. You get ahead by throwing your head. Yes. Awesome. Um, yes. <laughs> I, you mentioned Gunstar Heroes. That's one of my favorite games of all time, um, that I don't own. I need to find yeah. a copy of that. And, uh, but it's, it's really quite expensive. So I don't, it I don't, is, I, it's it, one of the ones I don't have either. I have the GBA version, mm-hmm. like, which is kind of a sequel slash remake. And that's great too, but it doesn't have the co-op and, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that we should do 
we should put that on the poll next time around and mm-hmm. just use get the the 3ds one because there's a 3d uh 3d version of that is that on the on the sega collection the I, sega 3d i don't believe classics so. collection let me let me double check oh it doesn't have a list here well, not on that one there. The um, the one for 3ds. The oh, 3D. right, right, right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it is. I'm looking on yeah. eBay right now, and uh, the game, just the game, is like eighty dollars, uh, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, uh, but then there's one that is twenty four twenty three, uh, with a buy it now of twenty twenty dollars, eighteen eighty US. So it makes me think that this is a knockoff because the image that they have has a really bad. Uh, artwork uh photoshopped over it so Mm. um yeah so this must be this must be a knockoff i'm gonna look into that one a little bit more um the sega game card works perfectly suitable for players collection this is a usa your cartridge case it fits all usa and your console Usually the most of games support PAL and NTC. Usually the same card is in photo because many games are them. So the stickers may update soon. Wow, this is obviously not real and it's a knockoff and they can't even they can't even put good English. Um, that, that is understanding. Uh, this comes from. Oh, this is the Chinese version of it. I didn't think. Okay, China, so, it's, so it's fake. It's, it's, it's a, obviously fake. Was there yeah. even Genesis in China? I don't remember. China, I don't think so. China variants of that. Um, so yeah, this person is selling all sorts of games for around twenty dollars, um, which is which is hilarious. Yeah, so, so they're fake. They're, they're knockoffs. Hundred percent knockoff. Boy, eBay is fun sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also um, the Game Boy Advance version, which is thirty bucks. So might be might be something worth picking up to play yeah. <clears throat> that way. It's great. It just doesn't have the co-op play. That's all. Right exactly all right cool so that's uh that's your pickups uh for this month same with me yeah do you want to talk about which uh, games we're gonna put on the voting yes all right so today is saturday um the 8th uh, so what we'll do is we'll have voting running till saturday the 22nd uh and you'll be able to pick one of the three games um the link to uh the voting will be up on our twitter it'll also be up on uh, patreon.com slash res tv um to vote on it you just need a patreon account you don't need to support us or anybody really you can just sign up for a patreon account you go to patreon.com slash res tv and then you can vote uh, as long as you have a patreon login so we're gonna mix things up uh for this month uh we'll previously had three nes games for uh the for episode one and two as the the things you could vote on and we're going to change that up by having an nes game uh well the first one anyways an nes game it's batman the video game on nes um which is uh just an amazing sunsoft game uh i loved i love this so much um it's great it is uh, going to be fun to play again. Uh, so Batman on the NES. Then we're going to move over to uh, the Super Nintendo um, with Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, or also known as Baby's First RPG. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy USA in yeah, Japan. Yes, exactly. Uh, because people don't understand RPGs in, in the US, apparently. Um, so that, that'll be the number two game. And then number three is going to be a game that I don't actually own the cartridge for, um, but I have it available as part of this. Um, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection on the PS3. And also have one of these, uh, which was a Ultimate Portable Game Player by Hantat. Uh, technology limited i picked this up at like bed bath and beyond um way back in the day um well 
I guess a year and a half, two years ago, <clears throat> has an at games logo. And then it has a whole bunch of Genesis games, pretty much all of them that are on the Sonic's Ultimate uh, NES collection. Uh, and one of those is um, is definitely here. Why is it not? Um, I have to go sideways for it. One of them is this Streets of Rage 3. So that is going to be the third game that you can choose from. So I'll play, I'll probably play Streets of Rage 3 on this, um, but I might also play it on my PlayStation 3, but that's tougher to hook up to my TV. So I don't know how I'm going to stream this. I'll have to figure out a way that I can stream it um, so that we can do some, some more retro streams of this game. You may have to just do it on the PS3 so that you can stream that one. Might have to do that for sure. Not a whole lot of way around it. All right. So three games, uh, a a Genesis game, uh, Streets of Rage 3 a NES game as Batman and a Super Nintendo game as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. So you can vote on those uh, for the next two weeks over on our Patreon and then whatever wins uh, will appear on episode three, which will be out uh, a couple weeks after that. Sounds good. All right, looking forward to any of these games. I'd play all I'd play all three. I I recently just picked up Mystic Quest and I played halfway through the game already. So I'm I'm half I'm halfway uh, halfway to the end. Um so that will give me less homework if that one's chosen. Um Batman, I got it pretty recently too and I'm also partway through but I don't know how far. Yeah. It's such a good game. I remember playing that um so much. I rented it like a dozen times probably just to play through it. It's such a um, an easy to get through RPG. Um, not to say I love easy RPGs, but it it was charming in its own right. Yep, definitely. All right, Ooh, cool, Stephen. Anything anything else to add before we uh, close this close uh, this one up? No, I'm. Uh, I think we're okay. All right, everybody. Well, that's uh, going to about do it for episode two of Retro Pulse. Um, this uh, reminder, this game or this episode rather, or the show is supported by our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash res TV. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can support uh, what we do here on the network with all of the multiple hours of content across all the different platforms and other stuff. Um, you can uh, do that over at patreon.com slash res TV um, that supports two shows that have been made possible um, because of our Patreon. Uh, so that is the bonus stage, the res bonus stage, which is our monthly kind of general gaming what we've been playing show. Uh, Will and I get together once a month to talk about that. And then the uh, Retro Pulse, which is the show that you're listening to, our retro review and news show uh, that we're doing here on the network. Uh, you can check out all the other stuff that we do over at res.tv or youtube.com slash res TV. Uh, that's that's funny. I'm I, I didn't mute you, mute, mute you, which is, which is great. Um, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's going to about do it for us. Uh, send us your feedback, feedback at res.tv or do a comment on this video or this podcast. Um, you can actually head on over to res.tv. We've, uh, we're revamping the site. Uh, it's going to be the one site to rule them all. So VG podcast is going away. Um, all that content is going to be moved over and it's going to be forwarded over. So if you go to uh, vgpodcast.com, you're just going to be redirected to res TV. That is our new home for all of our audio and video podcasts. Uh, all the stuff we do on res TV, all the stuff we did on vgpodcast.com and all the shows that are coming over from the media meltdown network. So if you like things like Disney and movies and, and TV, there's going to be some of that content there as well. Um, so we're going to be putting out so much content every month. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait you can check that out over at res.tv all right steven thanks for joining me man hey good to be here this is uh this was fun even though i didn't get through the game i still enjoyed doing a show about it yeah you don't have to you don't have to beat the game it's not it's not a, like we're reviewing it we're just uh, talking about it and, and going over our experiences which is great 
Uh, yeah, I enjoy that a lot. Definitely. All right, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for us for episode two of Super Mario Brothers 3. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time here on the Retro Pulse. Have a great time, folks. Bye, everyone. By the way, we didn't and we didn't pre-announce the track we're playing. This is going to be Raccoon Rhapsody by Will Rock from OC Remix. I have to get my radio my radio voice on. <laughs> it's very good. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.